Shalom, and welcome again to today's edition of Secrets of Meaning, the podcast of Jewish Sacred Aging. I am your host, Rabbi Richard Address. We hope to explore some of the issues that touch on our families, our communities, and ourselves as a result of the revolution in longevity. And you can contact us via our homepage, jewishsacredaging.com or via our Facebook page, Jewish Sacred Aging on Facebook. And we welcome your comments either on the voicemail icon that you can find on the website or to me directly, Rabbi Address at jewishsacredaging.com. And we welcome now to our Seekers of Meaning podcast microphones, Doug and Barry Wax, the owners and operators of Caring Transitions, Senior Relocation, Downsizing and Estate Sales, Hi, Barry. Hi, Doug. Welcome. Welcome to Seekers of Meaning. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. How are you doing? Very well. Thank Good. you. Thank you for having us. Caring transitions. Um, this is part of a, a growing phenomenon and, and certainly something that in our work in Jewish sacred aging, as I move around North America and talk to families, uh, baby boomers, families, etc., Gen Xers, children, our children's age, this comes up an awful lot. I I may have to move mom or dad, and um, I don't know how to do it. And they've got uh, forty years of collected stuff in in boxes that are all over the place. We don't know, and we don't know where to go and how to get there. Who do we call? And for that purpose, they can call you, correct? That is correct. For sure. Tell me what Caring Transitions is. So Caring Transitions is part of a national organization. Uh, we provide senior relocation services and offer help in selling unwanted or unneeded household goods. Um, so we can provide basically any number of services from soup to nuts. Um, we like to say we're a one-stop shop for all those things that you just mentioned. So if mom or dad are getting ready to consider moving, um, we can help in any area from helping declutter. So if they're getting ready to move and they say, we need to bring a realtor in, but the realtor comes in and they said, oh, we cannot even begin to look at putting this house on the market because you just have too much stuff. We can come in at that point and help declutter the home so that the realtor can, realtor can start that process. Um, we can then come back in the home and help pack and sort and organize so they can figure out what it is that they want to take into that smaller home because mom and dad say, I want to bring everything, right? Everything to them is Everything. extremely important <laughs> to them. So we come in and we start looking at all of those things and we try to look at it from the perspective of what is it mom and dad really need to bring? And then we kind of go from there and say, what is it that they want to bring? And then we then, you know, try to prioritize from there to see what else is left and help them figure out how we disperse the rest of those things. Um, so we do all of that. And then we can, whatever's remaining, if the children no longer want those items, because you know, the next generation, for some reason, doesn't seem to be as, um, and, and, you know, uh, 
They don't live in our stuff. Yeah, yeah so that's right. I understand. That. I understand. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to be no. nice about it, but don't no, be, no, they no, don't. no, no. I've had that conversation right with one of my kids. I don't want that. No, no, they don't seem to want the want. They don't want the belongings any longer. So we can do an estate sale, or we actually have an um, a proprietary online auction site, so we can do a, an internal eBay. So if somebody lives in a uh, an area we were we're actually at a home today that's in Philadelphia, and there's no parking for an estate sale. So we can do an online auction in that situation. Or if they live in a gated community, we can do an online auction. Or if they just don't want the foot traffic in their home, we can do an online auction in that situation. So we can really just do the whole gamut. Um, don't have to hand them off to anybody else and just handle every element of that that situation. And then do you then move them into the assisted living if, or CCRC if they, if they you know, they're going into shady acres and you, after you've decluttered and made the priorities and gotten rid of the stuff that isn't going, then you move them into their apartment? Yeah, we do everything other than the physical move itself, but we help them through the moving process. When you say physical move, we don't do we don't pick the furniture up and move it. We work them through. We'll help figure out a moving company that works for them, um, and we can either work that in part as part of our service, and we work with a moving company, or we can give them a couple of options of moving companies. Um, but we will unpack the boxes on the other end. All right, so you don't have to worry about picking up and schlepping and nope. bending. And so nope. you'll send in people and yep. ABC Moving Company moves mom and dad into Shady Acres. And then you guys come in and put the little schmucks, the, you know, the little thing where it belongs, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And, and we do it to the point, especially with some of the older adults that have some memory issues. We try to make sure that things are exactly where they're supposed to be. If, if in some of these places where they're moving in that they still have a kitchen, muscle memory is extremely important. So we will take um, pictures to make sure that objects are in the exact same spot in that smaller apartment or home that they were in the last house so that it, it really can mimic the old home to make sure that it is set up for a successful transition. And now there's this, you don't obviously do this for free. So there's like, there's a fee for this, Yeah. for this. So they, they purchase a caring transition, caring transitions service. And there's a fee for that as a sliding fee or as a set fee or, or how do you? It, it's based on the size of the job. Ah, so okay. so if, if we're coming in and we're just doing a clean out, Mm -hmm. it, it would be a charge based on how can, how densely pa packed the rooms you. are and how many rooms there are and the size of the rooms. Uh, so th there would be the clean out. Maybe there's a different charge for the organization and then there's another charge for, for the packing. It, it, it really depends on the size of the job, what, what the, uh, the fees would be. So this is obviously something that's uh, encompassing more and more families uh, and it's only going to grow. So somebody is listening to this and they say, I really would love to uh, get a hold of these people. How do we do that? There, We have a website. They can contact us via our website. Um, it's caringtransitionssouthjersey.com. They can contact us on, through our phone number, um, which is... Um, 856-288-1467, or they can, we have a Facebook page that can contact us, Caring Transition South Jersey. So they can contact us a number, any number of ways. And we can, um, we always do a free 
consultation. It's absolutely, there's no obligation for us coming in. I always recommend us coming in and doing consultation with a family. Um, even if we're not able to help somebody, we can provide other resources that might be an option for them if we're not the right fit for the family. So what, what, this is a, a, you've both changed careers. I mean, this is another example. Uh, and we've done uh, several interviews uh, on, on, on seekers of meaning of people of relative, you know, in our generation, so to speak, who have uh, for a variety of reasons, shifted gears in the middle of life for some real, Barry, you came from the healthcare industry, right? Right. Right. And that, and that was actually a change of careers for me as well. So um, I was really fortunate that in my mid-30s, I still had all four of my grandparents. And Doug and I moved down to South Jersey um, at a time in my life that I, you know, my grandparents were very much uh, involved in, my, in our family. And we really wanted my kids and to really have a a strong relationship with our grandparents. And we always said that all, our family has been a the cornerstone of our family, our relationship. Um, so my grandparents, you know, were an active part of my children's lives. And my, my first grandfather got sick in his, you know, in his early 90s and my mid-30s. And it was, came on very suddenly. And um, it rocked our world. My mm-hmm. mom was an only child. And my grandfather was very much involved in her life and really much... Care, a caretaker to her. So when he got sick, it, it really was a, a very um, hard time for all of us. And uh, his, his doctor addressed the hospice topic the way you want any doctor to do it. He, he actually made a house call, discussed what was going on, and we brought hospice in um, and it was very short, but uh, very impactful for our family. So he was on hospice for about six days and I made a career change at that time and I've spent the last decade or so in home care and hospice and those types of industries um, advocating for seniors because at the time we had no idea all these services were out there for our family and I I was bedside with all four of my grandparents through those those there are various so, illnesses so and, this is a natural transition for you right, in many right. ways and Doug you you came to this we were talking before we we started to record because you walked the walk also with your your parents, right? Had to move them. I did. I my, my parents are now in their early eighties, um, and we went through this with them, where they were living in a house where they no longer could continue to live. It was unsafe for them. There, there was too many stairs for them to have to climb. Everywhere they had to go, there was stairs they had to do to get in and out of the house. So we, uh, my brothers and sisters and I, decided that we needed to get them out of that house. And fortunately, my mother was on board with it. My father, not so much. Uh, and uh, through over time, we, we convinced them. We, we found them a place that they found acceptable. And my father kind of fought it the whole way. And it was hard for us. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know who to turn to. We didn't know how to uh, get rid of the stuff that, that they had. They had a lot of stuff in their house. Uh, only so much was taken by myself or my brothers or my sisters. Um, and there was just a lot that had to be gotten rid of. And a lot of it wasn't worth anything either. Mm-hmm. It just, it, but 
let, let me rephrase. It wasn't worth anything to the general public. No, I, we, I, <laughs> it was, it was it's worth personal. a lot. It's personal right. to your it, parents, it, was, right. it was all sentimental. All right. like, this, this empty cardboard box was very important to my father. And so it, 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 it took... It took some work for us to figure out how to deal with everything. And it ended up with a lot of stuff just going into a dumpster because nobody wanted it. They didn't know what to do with it. Boom, into a dumpster. Uh, so at that time, I was, I wished, gee, I wish there was somebody who could have helped us with this. And, you know, and then when, so Barry came along with this idea and she'd, she'd been researching this for quite some time, not back then, but it's since that date. Um, she'd been researching this for quite some time. And, and so it just seemed like a natural progression for us. What's the greatest challenge in your experience now that you're working in this and you're doing this and, and from your own experience, because you both had experience with your own parents and grandparents and walking this walk a little bit. What's the greatest challenge that families face when they come right up and say, we have to do this with our, for our parents? What's the greatest challenge? I think it's meeting the expectation of the child versus meeting the expectation of the parent. What, what do you mean? I think that, you know, the kids want to get this job done. You know, they, they're living their lives. They're, they have a goal. But they the parent, the, the client, which is who we're – our goal is to meet the client's expectation. They don't necessarily have the same goal in mind. So I th- th- find that to be the most challenging have you run across a situation where your client may be Mrs. Goldberg, but their Mrs. Goldberg's adult children, to pick up on what Barry was saying, may not see this in the same light? And your your loyalty, uh, if that's the right word, is to the client, correct? It is. It is. Have you have you had a situation where you've had to sort of like intervene between the adult children and the client with the varying degrees of what? people want or wish or see? Well, I think it's always a matter of explaining to the adult child that we we have to meet, even even if the, the adult child is paying for it, which oftentimes right. the adult child is paying for the service, we have to meet the expectation of their parent. You know, we, we have to first and foremost make sure that their parent is... Um, comfortable with the decisions that are being made and we have to try to meet meet everybody in the middle so it's not an, an easy um, conversation but the you know those are the conversations that have to happen oh yeah sometimes often more often than not more often than not do, do you get involved with actually helping a client choose an appropriate second you know facility to live in or no or, no those decisions are you know I'd like to say we're Switzerland when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, those those decisions are either made before you know we're getting those referrals um, from either the assisted living or the CCRC, and they're calling us saying, "Mrs. You know, Mrs. Goldberg is moving into our facility. Can you reach out to them because they're you know we've." You know, they are made that you know known to us that they don't know where to begin with um, packing and organizing and what they need to bring. Caring transitions is part of a national network, correct? That is correct. So we uh, we're just talking a little bit before we started recording about the the, the growing phenomenon of reverse migration. So if m- mom is living in Boynton Beach, can no longer really manage on her own. Family decides, listen, we need to move mom back to Cherry Hill or to wherever they're living. 
how do you 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 get in touch with the 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 group down there in South Florida and work together with them? Is that how that works? That is how it works. Uh, we, Caring Transitions has a network of two hundred franchises across the country, okay. uh, throughout the continental United States and in Hawaii. Uh, so what would end up happening is we would reach out to whatever the closest caring transitions is to them in Florida, mm -hmm. work with them to get them, uh, moved, packed up and ready to move back up North. And then we would take the, uh, we would take the job once it got up here. Now, the beauty of that is care as a, as a franchise, caring transitions has a continuity of service so that you're going to get the same quality of service that we're going to give you up here from, from the franchise down in Florida. So it, 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 to, to us, we know that it's two separate franchises, but to the, but to the client, it's, ah. it's caring transitions. Uh, Lee DeVoe down in Florida, going to help them pack up when they, when they're in Florida, they're going to get here. Doug and Barry are going to, are going to take it from gonna here. Take it from here. We're going to unpack them. We're going to take the pictures that, that were given to us from the, from the, uh, from the franchise down in Florida. We're going to use those to help set up her place here. And and we're going to just make it, make it. So, like Barry was saying, it's it really you really are offering like one stop shopping, so to speak, and taking that pressure and stress because this is obviously, as you know, extremely stressful. And that's you know you, you asked why why this why do we get into this you know in, having been in the on the healthcare side it's always the house you know or it's always something having to do with home you know the home it I don't want to leave my house sometimes I don't want to leave my pet or I don't want you know. I, it's it's so hard. These decisions are so so complex, and we're we do everything we can to minimize the anxiety associated with that move. Changes change is very frightening and, and the older we older get we the get. Uh, more frightening it becomes mm -hmm. I mean, and on on that note um, we this is a, a very much an unregulated industry which is kind of scary when you're bringing strangers into your house um, you know we're we're we background check anybody that we're bringing in we're bonded insured so it's we do our due diligence to make sure that everybody that we're bringing into their home is you know, we're safe and they should feel, you know, everybody should be confident that, you know, we're, we do everything right to make sure that, you know, we're bringing. And you have staff. I mean, you, 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 you have people who you work with and train them, train them to, to how to handle. I, I, let me ask you a rabbi question since it's a ballpark I play in a lot. Um, because this is so stressful and, and everybody, I mean, the two of you in your own and my life, and, and I would venture to say um, many people who may be listening to this also have walked this walk or are walking this walk or will. There, this transition stuff, there are extreme spiritual issues involved with this because for many individuals who you deal with, your clients, if not stated, there is a subliminal understanding that this may be my last move. And um, how do you, how do you, I mean, you don't have clergy on staff, but how do you ha handle that? I mean, because this is really, and a lot of times the adult children uh, do practice denial. So I think the best way to handle that is by expressing the importance of where they're going. Usually where they are now, they're isolated. So they're in a private home. They've maybe been getting meals on wheels. They're not 
not able to get out to their congregation because they're not driving. Their children are are living their own lives. They're now going into a community, and oftentimes there is clergy on staff there. There's a community, a, a true community that's supportive there. And now they're we're focusing on where they're going to live. They're going to thrive there, and there's a community there, and they're they really are um, able to now provide a support system. Um, and that is really what our focus is, um, to, to really help them understand that you've, you've, the reason you're leaving this environment is you're not living. And now where you're going, you're going to be able to have those, those resources coming into you. And a lot of these communities have those resources. I got to follow up with one thing you alluded to that may, you know, uh, somebody listening to this, the antenna may have just Going up because when you said this is an unregulated industry, um, that's scary. Mm-hmm. That that that's scary. How if I'm a consumer, if I'm looking at the realities of dealing with my parents or my mom or my dad, and I say, you know, um, sooner or later we're going to have to do this, and um, so I have to begin doing my research. How in God's name do I figure out the best or the most reputable if this is unregulated? If I can't go online and or whatever, and if it's un- as unregulated as you're saying, how do I begin to protect myself? And more importantly, my loved one. One of the places I would absolutely start is checking online reviews. Uh, see what other people's experiences have been with the company. Uh Make sure that they're insured. Make sure that we're you know their their employees are background checked. I mean we're you know that that was one of the reasons we got involved with a franchise um, that does have regulations. Um, so I, th- those are the things I would certainly start with. Make sure that it's a you go onto our website and we're part of a, a national company that that does all of those protections. Are, are there differences because it's a national company? Are there differences? It just occurred to me in what you're able to do or legally between, let's say, you know, Arizona and New Jersey or Pennsylvania and New Jersey or whatever, whatever. It's, because you, as you say, it's unregulated. Is is there any sense of um, what's allowed? Or I may not be phrasing this correctly, but between state and state, for, for, for the for the most part. It, there's, there aren't too many differences. The, the biggest place I see differences are uh, when it comes to doing online auctions and estate sales. Some, certain states have certain licenses that are required in order to do that. Uh, I know that in, I want to say North Carolina, they're required to have an auctioneer's license. And there's, there's a class you have to take and a test you have to take. Um, most states don't have that. I think Pennsylvania might. Uh, most states do not, but for the most for the most part, it's the same across the country, except for that one small uh, difference. And the individual office would know those laws and be able to to help out. That is correct. All right, so that so it's important to understand that that this is not one limited to one geographic area. This is a national organization, and <clears throat> you're able to help people no matter where they are. Uh, in the United States. I believe they're actually expanding even to Canada now. I was going to ask you about Canada since it's a, it's a growth industry in yeah. Canada. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's more and more people, Americans maybe looking for their vacation home in, <laughs> in, uh, 
Nova Scotia rather than um, Naples, uh, but Florida uh, or Naples, Italy, for all I know, it's, the pasta is better. So, Doug, one of the things you said, I think this is important for people to know, you, you, your background was in IT, right? That is correct. So yes. one of the things that you go in and you, you work with a family and you can say, okay, you're moving from the five bedroom suburban, you know, uh, Cologne, whatever it is in the development. And you're going into that one and a half bathroom, one bedroom at the assisted living facility. And they'll say, well, how am I going to fit this, all the stuff we've decided I need into this one facility and you you brought with me, nobody can see it, but your computer skills, uh, which far outstretch anything that I could even possibly imagine, you you create a, a 3D image of what that apartment will look like, where the furniture that they're bringing and how it would be placed. Exactly. Usually what I'll do is I'll start with the, the typical 2D floor plan. When you go to move into one of these facilities, they'll give you a floor plan. Say, here's what the place looks like. So I'll take that and I'll generate it into a, a 3D floor plan. And I can actually take little representations of the furniture that they have at the size of their furniture. And I will put it into the into the apartment so they can see how it arranges around the windows and doors That's and things so like cool. that. And and see what their furniture will look like in it. And so they can they can decide, you know, oh, I want to take I want to take this entire bedroom set with my bed wall and my and, and my two dressers and my and my armoire. And then we can show them. So look, you put that in there, there's not going to be room to walk around. So let's so let's focus on, okay, we're gonna we're gonna move you down to from a from a from a California king down to a queen size bed and we're going to and we're going to take this dresser and that dresser and they're going to fit here very nicely and there's there's plenty of room for you to come through this if you've got a walker you need to be able to get through you need to have this you can't you can't have all this stuff in front of the front door because you need to be able to get through with your walker and and we think we can show them here's what it'll look like and they can see oh you know what this actually looks it looks nice like this. I don't. Maybe I don't need all that furniture. If I can, I can, I can move down to, to this and and make it look like the picture. No, the picture. I mean, it, so to purchase your services, this comes as part of it, and it really is a tremendous visual that allows. Uh, now I see what it looks like. I can see where the TV is and and where my this isn't going to be that is and how to maneuver. So that's a real gift. And sometimes actually it works the opposite of the way I just said. Sometimes you, th- you think you can't bring some of this right. stuff and you go, oh, well, look, there there is room for all three pieces of this piece of furniture in that room without overcrowding the room. So, so you can put that 60-inch high-definition television. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Which... For our when when our generation moves, the, everything else will be secondary. But we need the we need the place to watch the games. Well, <laughs> speaking personally, anyway. Um, once again, uh, Doug and Barry Wax, owners and operators of Caring Transitions. Contact information, Barry. How do we get a hold of you? Um, the best way, I think, would be the phone at 856-288-1467. But if you go on to our website at caringtransitionssouthjersey.com, you can uh, put in a request for information at that location as well. Now, because a lot of people are not in the South Jersey area where we are happening to be sitting right now and maybe all over the country, um, is there a website that somebody in Iowa or, you know, Arizona can go to and get that information? At caringtransitions.com, there is a, a general request for information and 
they that will direct them to their local office. Okay, so before we have to, let me ask you the, the easiest of all questions. What if somebody's listening to this and they realize, you know, I, I I really have to start thinking about this. We really can't avoid this any longer. What's the best piece of advice if they were sitting here right now and they asked you the same question? What do I do? I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. What, what, what's what's the best piece of advice you give somebody like that? I would say pick up the phone, give us a call. And the reason I say that is let us come in and and talk to you about it. The, the consultation's free. We come in, we can explain to you what your options are, what it would take, how much work would it be to get to where, get from where you are to where you want to be. Our goal when we come in is to to start with the endpoint. So, we say, "All right, what's your what's your goal? Where do you want to be? You want you want to move to from where you're at to this this other house?" Okay. How do we get you there? We need to do decluttering. We need to we need to to organize. We need to pack you up. We need to move you. So we'll we we take we're we're an objective view. That's that's the key because we're not going into this with emotion. We're we're outsiders looking in, and we can help because once once the emotion gets involved, right. then then everything everything changes. Goes, yeah, it changes. And I would say if you're if you're at any point that you're thinking about any type of change, pick up the call, phone to call anybody, ask for help um, sooner rather than later, because usually the, the calls to anybody are made too late. Um, all of these, as you said, change is hard, but the, the sooner you make the change or sooner you, the sooner you ask for help from anybody, the better off you're going to be because help is out there. I mean, anybody is willing to offer some options that might be resources. We got a phone call just this week that came to us from an assisted living that the person wasn't even looking to move to an assisted living, but we just got the phone call because somebody was willing to make the phone call. And I just, the sooner you make a phone call, the better. Yeah. I think what you're both saying is is absolutely essential. Don't wait until the last minute do your homework. If you think you're going to have to walk this walk even a year from now, start gathering the information because um, this, these moves and these transitions uh, really are profoundly impactful on a whole variety of levels to an entire family system. It's just not the client, as no, you said. No. It's an entire family system that has to be in, and becomes involved, as you found out, you know, Doug, and, you, and we all have found out in my family. Everybody does. So uh, Barry and Doug Wax, owners and operators of Caring Transitions, uh, thank you very much. And continue good luck on this. Uh, uh, you probably are going to be very, very busy. And I hope so for your sake. Uh, but uh, it's is a, a wonderful thing you're doing. So thank you very much and continued success and good luck in, in, in your endeavor here. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on today's edition of Secrets of Meaning, the podcast of Jewish Sacred Aging. A reminder that we welcome comments and contact at our homepage, jewishsacredaging.com or to me, rabbi address at jewishsacredaging.com. We invite you to visit our Jewish Sacred Aging Facebook page. And Seekers of Meaning, we want to remind you, is produced by Steve Lubetkin and recorded at the studios of Lubetkin Global Media here in absolutely charming and lovely Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to greeting you on the next Seekers of Meaning, the podcast of Jewish Sacred Aging. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address. Thank you, and shalom. Shalom.